0: Hey Lee, it's good to see you at the crossroads, I couldn't do it. How's it going, Lee? Good. It goes well. That's great to hear. A month, uh, uh, as we are dealing with this this just endless pandemic of COVID nineteen. This may never end at this point. You know.
1: It's a it's a endless cycle of misinformation. Good. As as we've had our talks on the Group chat. the craziness of the media and actually did, I had to look into uh, California and how what's the state mandate and what's county and how like every, everybody's playing a different game timeline anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess you could say that's the benefit of local government especially when it comes to city and county municipalities
2: yeah
0: and the citizenry confusing, though very confusing yep yeah. and no then you have no federal way. on top of all that yeah and then if we're following the science and the data that's all being manipulated and misconstrued and um actually actually uh, this just earlier today I, I was listening to Joe Rogan. he had on michael go a fellow comedian who had COVID 19 and I didn't listen to the whole uh interview or podcast, but basically he was saying that his doctor did not put him on a ventilator specifically because he knew it was going to kill him. So really? you have so you, you have doctors after putting COVID-19 patients on ventilators. And the reason why they end up dying, apparently, this is a reason. I don't know if it's the reason. But what happens is the body basically says that this outside um, system, if you will, that's being able to allow the body to breathe is, gonna, is the, the mechanism by which the body's going to breathe. So it no longer needs to do it on its own. That was very complicated. But basically, the body says, oh, it's breathing. Fine. I don't have to do the work. I'm just gonna shut down, basically.
1: So the yeah, it sounds like the the brain is recognizing it as, hey, I don't have to do this anymore, or send these signals anymore to this part of the body, the to the lungs or to the the airways. So I can I can uh, render my sources elsewhere, so to speak.
0: Probably that, yeah. So mm. it was interesting when they had when he mentioned that. And basically, he was saying, I don't want to say basically, but essentially, his point was that if he was on a ventilator, if he was put on a the, on the ventilator, more than likely, he would have died and not been around to see his kids or his wife. You know, it's like he was getting emotional during, during that part of the discussion. But it's interesting that's, because... That's not good. No, definitely not. Definitely not good at all. But his his experience with it was pretty bad like he had bad migraines his body aches were terrible he had said that this is not this is this isn't good to say but if if life had a uh, eject button he would have pressed it because the pain was that bad mm-hmm. he had a history of migraines so he was mentioning that potentially he could have been uh put down under the under the um pre-existing condition category because of his migraine not necessarily because he was overweight or had heart problems or any of that. So it was interesting that portion of it as well. But uh, it's interesting given that I've seen on Twitter, and people can say what they want about Twitter, but I saw a nurse that went to help out with uh, in a hospital in New York that she saw deliberately um, that doctors were delivery or all the hospitals were deliberately killing people that those were her words I, I didn't see the whole video or i don't know the whole concept
1: it sounds familiar
0: mm-hmm. so it makes you wonder if uh, if it's if it's more true now knowing that michael yo and it's one person obviously did state explicitly that his do- doctor did not put him on a ventilator
1: so okay with that revelation in mind It makes me wonder so who who actually knows what's going on, like who actually knows all the facts and they're playing with how to treat this versus people that don't know, and like you said, like they're putting them on ventilators, is it deliberate? is it just that for whatever reason the medical community doesn't have a uniform it, i mean it seems like it right? you read about mm-hmm. who you read about c d c like you said there's other uh i guess fringe doctors that are vocal or they're saying like no this is all uh a lie or or it's it's uh deceiving people the public because our hospitals are not overwhelmed they're not bombarded with patients and um i don't know man it's that's the i think that for me anyway that's been one of the more frustrating aspects of this whole thing is that like it was Mentioning earlier that as far as the news is concerned, it's like, who do you, who do you go to? Who do you trust? I, I, I mean, it's like, I mean, everything's changing one day to the next, but it just seems like it's, if, it almost feels like there's something there to deter us from getting to the facts, getting to the mm-hmm. conclusion of what is this? What is it that we're dealing with? How do we treat it? So on and so forth
0: there's definitely uh how would you say that well yeah misinformation but more so like uh misdirection we're we're being pointed in in multiple ways being told we need to listen to the experts but the experts you know are a vague definition of those who have more understanding over this but not necessarily because across the board there are different scientists and you saw in the the doctors in Bakersfield. I think it was saying that this isn't as severe as we thought it was. And then you had the um, this I forget what what um, group of doctors basically saying like we condemn this specific doctor. And I forgive me, I forget his name, but he's been interviewed more recently. Um, uh, I don't know. I forget what shows, but he's been interviewed recently about their findings and why they're saying this isn't as severe as they thought it was. Um, But even in that you had, you had that uh, documentary that uh, Eliseo had shared that's being, um, that was shut down basically the day after it was put up on YouTube. Um, I forget that doctor's name, but basically her claim is that Dr. Fauci is behind. um, I forget that word now. When you claim rights to uh, patent, patent, uh, patentin, Patton. he's involved. He was
1: involved in some legal disputes, I
0: believe. Yeah. So you had that, and then there's, you know, plenty of other doctors saying this is wrong. Like, what are we doing? Our, our, our constitutional rights are being trampled on. You have Tesla and Elon Musking. Like, we got to open up. You had the salon, salon, yeah, salon. Owner in Texas say like we got to feed our kids, my employees need to feed their kids. So you have, you know, very and I forget which state it was. That's pretty much been open and has not had any uh, drastic spikes in in cases. And then there was like a uh, a company that basically had around a thousand employees or a thousand confirmed cases and only two deaths since this yeah. whole broke out I forget the I should probably write some things down but you know point is is yeah. that people can look this stuff up so
1: when did um you just mentioned Fauci
0: and I saw that you
1: were <laughs> you're retweeting a couple of tweets regarding I don't trust Fauci I guess it's like a new hashtag I don't I might go I might have gotten it wrong but I know that's out there too I, it sounds like it's recent maybe but I mean there's been whispers of that Definitely more. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It sounds like people, yeah, all over the, all over the place. are just starting to question, what are we doing? What's the plan? What's the schedule looking like? And, and it's just, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating from, um, point like you say, point of view of a citizen of having our liberties, having our rights stripped away. Like you said, with Elon saying this is a complete. Uh, denial of the Constitution and our constitutional rights—they're just being ignored. Like th- this is just—it um, just sounds like this is an easy way for for them to get everybody on board. You know, this is because you hear it right with like trigger words or phrases like the new normal or Yep. It's like, well, what is what exactly does that mean? Like,
0: well, you, you mean know, what... you have politicians saying that we're gonna fundamentally change um, the U S or I forget exactly what, but they want to fundamentally change things. And you have a, you know, contact tracing as a means to try to control this. I mean, that doesn't sound like something that's constitutional given that in some cases they want to take, remove you from your, from your, Home or wherever you're staying, because if you're infected, then we want to reduce infection rates, so we gotta or the spread of it, so we gotta take you out of the home and place you somewhere, wherever that and is. That's,
1: yeah, and that's not hyperbole. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's actually something that was mentioned by one of the officials for who? Right? This mm-hmm. was like a month or two ago that he was saying we might have to do that. You know, China. China did that, and they're they're praising China as though it was effective, or as though um, they had really good results. But yeah, it's definitely scary. It's scary to think that people are comfortable with this, or they're willing to be compliant to the point of, like you said, like I'm going to be removed from my house, or possibly my loved ones, possibly my my children. Mm-hmm. weird it's so (laughs) un-american
0: very much so yeah and then you have uh obama gate and flynn being exonerated and then you have again the media you know trying to twist facts or you know misalign or tear down or stoke fear and hatred Did did you see, speaking of
1: Flynn, did you see how the, I forget what circuit court judge um, was reviewing the Department of Defense or Department of Justice, excuse me, trying to dismiss the charges, trying to dismiss the case. And I guess there was a judge that said, well, hey, hold on a minute. Let me me look at this a little bit more, a little bit more uh, clearly or thoroughly so that we can get to the we can get to the bottom of it and It's true it, it's like there's some things that are they appear to be like someone's trying to sweep it under the rug mm-hmm. so to speak and it's weird man it's, it's very much a a misdirection of that this pandemic's going on but then there's all these other things going on and then i saw two uh, <laughs> trump came out and said he's not willing to negotiate trade with china right now yeah tri- china's trying to push it but trump's like no not so fast
0: <laughs> not down
1: yeah
0: uh it's been it's been an interesting time and the fact is is that as long as they keep pushing for these um stay at home orders the worst is going to be for everybody and there, there's not going to be anything there's not going to be no way to control people at the end of the day like i mean how yeah there is no way it's, there's only, the only way to do
1: it the only way to do it is by force
0: and you have uh what is it more guns than you have people in the u.s so good luck with that 50 states you have different characters i mean that's the that's the beauty of of uh diversity is that you have uh, a, a spectrum of personalities and characters and characteristics and you'll never know what who you're going to run into in what area of the U.S. so good luck trying to corral that um what am I trying to say kind of like a it could just be random you know it's gonna be random guess of like who you're who you're gonna be interacting with are you gonna are they gonna be sensitive are they gonna be combative no
1: that was the whole thing right with the california protests that for the longest time california was a joke as far as civil liberties are concerned as far as um the bill of rights are concerned and all of a sudden right all these protests are going not just orange county i know orange county was the one that was mostly highlighted but it happened in L.A. County, it happened in Sacramento, even in parts of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so now every, the rest of the country is like, wait a minute, I thought California was full of you know, left-leaning sellouts. And all of a sudden they're seeing that. no, not, It's not a – that narrative isn't exactly 100% honest.
0: Well, that – I think what, uh, what I'm hoping happens out of this is that people will take The constitution more seriously and the bill of rights and the reason why we had to make amendments for you know women's suffrage and um i forget what it was slavery right like there's all these different movements that happen because government was infringing on people's rights so perhaps something comes out of this with regards to government infringing on people's rights to better protect the individual citizen versus a collective government, given that maybe people weren't as you know, when things are going well, you don't have concerns over how invasive government is. And it look certainly it certainly looks like we've are we've been experiencing the most invasive form of government that we've seen you know what i mean that's it's gotten it's gotten to the point where like government's in your home in a way versus like government providing services and and um no
1: well go ahead well just
0: i i would say i would say it's been different in that government providing like welfare or um you know funds or like it's just kind of been it's been more involved. I guess you could say they've been in the home in regards to like, um, you know, the welfare state and things like that. So maybe that was inaccurate.
1: What, what if I, okay. What if I asked you in that train of thought about the home, Mm -hmm. what, what do you think about the government turning your home
2: into your prison? into
1: your, your home is essentially your jail cell right now. Right. You can't go out. You can't work. So then we no longer have a home? Well, let me ask you this. If you're a homeowner and you don't pay your property taxes, what happens next?
0: They um, foreclose it right to
1: jail right away.
0: (laughs) I've been hearing that phrase a lot lately. So people say like right away and I just can't help it. I always think of that.
1: But I mean, but I mean, really think about it. So you've already paid off your home for those that have, you know, um, have been good, uh, good financial stewards and, um, people that were responsible or paid, you know, whatever. Um, i mean how how else do you how else can you paint that picture that you're still paying taxes on something that you that you own something that you already paid off you know how could you how could you justify something like that and if you don't pay your taxes your annual property taxes eh, they might take it away from you and you might have to pay fines and you might have to you know spend some time in the clink in the clink. Yeah. A clink. I mean hmm. I don't know, just, just something to think about, something to, that you know I've I've thrown out there for people when we start talking about like you're saying property rights and uh personal property and how that how that entails with taxes and what's just and what's not. You know, what's where do you draw the line? And like you're saying, I think right now we're seeing we're obviously seeing that the government is pushing a little bit too much and that people are actually pushing back. People are, are becoming more aware or at least concerned with, hey, wait a minute, we do have these rights. We do have a voice, so to speak. We do have a a, a recourse and we have to make the government hear you out because if, if you don't, then they're just going to keep treading.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. I, I want to ask you real quick, Mr. Lee. I saw you sure. have uh, your shirt on, and all I see is Make America.
2: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: I think you've seen this one before. But uh, let see if I can stand up. So it's a picture of the...
0: Oh, Defiant again. Got it, got it. Oh, it's that's a, tea. It's a Boston,
1: mm-hmm. Boston tea party,
0: yeah. Got it. It's an
1: old... Uh, shirt from a politogrammer he's a libertarian um anarcho-capitalist uh <laughs> he's actually like on on hiatus right now or huh. yeah he's taking a break might may might come back might not but um he was one of the ones that ooh, sorry he was one of the more um i guess well-known Politogrammers of that of that end, I guess. Start off with uh, whiskey and rebellion. And then of course, because of not following community guidelines, he was de- his yeah. account was deleted numerous times and you know, for posting uh hate speech or for violating terms of service, community guidelines, what have you. And <laughs> so yeah, he's he's actually one of the ones that with him actually my kidding one of my cousins yeah one of my cousins actually um shared some of his memes shared some of his opinions on on government tyranny and what have you so yeah shout out to whiskey and rebellion and (laughs) he's actually it's funny like when he got banned a few times he, he actually got banned on facebook too i think the only one he didn't get banned on surprisingly enough was uh twitter but he didn't i mean anyway he didn't really have a a strong following on twitter not like facebook and instagram but like one of the ones he changed it to was uh his names his usernames was uh cocktails and compliance (laughs) (laughs) instead of whiskey and rebellion but anyways um yeah shout out to whiskey so uh, (laughs) the one of the more sorry one of the more uh interesting thinkers online
0: anyway yeah there's a there's definitely a lot i wanted to um we might have to have the discussion afterwards but uh, sure. you know how dave rubin has locals.com mm-hmm. and then uh jordan peaser jordan Beister has think spot yeah i'm thinking that maybe we can get on there put the podcast up there on those two Ooh, that'd be interesting because I know right now we have YouTube, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. I haven't gotten to Stitcher yet, but I know that's something we're thinking about too. But maybe even going to locals, that's something we actually need to like sit down and do together. The locals one.
1: But- hey, but we have to have. A, uh, excuse me, sir. Um- are you are you social distancing? We need to have Governor Gavin Newsom's permission Approved. to Approved, that's in person right. First. Yeah. <laughs> let me
0: let me send him a tweet, Tom. Can Lee and I meet in person? See what he says.
1: Uh, sorry, I had to throw, throw that
0: one. <laughs> no, uh, no, there. it's true. As as uh um what is it called? Humoristic or uh how do you say it? As um what am I trying to say? Sat- satirical as that sounds, it's true.
1: Actually, it bef- yeah. So that, before that was a joke, right? Before mm-hmm. that was like a, a pun or, or a dig at like Communist Russia. Shout out to
0: Carmex. If, Carmex, you don't have the uh, sponsors, but if you if want to sponsor us. If they're looking to sponsor, you know. Small um, up-and-coming podcasters.
1: <laughs> no, right? But that was the, that was the rub right before. All these jokes about... Um, castro's cuba communist russia uh what's his name chavez and maduro's venezuela where it was or north korea that was the joke right it was like oh in communist russia you know you have to ask permission to go outside and Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's actually going on
0: right now right
1: now in america
0: (laughs) weird yeah I kind of got us off track, but that's okay. I think
1: I, I think we, we both did. You know
0: head. what? We're always, yes. we're always off the road. We're always off the road. That's, we that's why we're always at the crossroads.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, maybe sometimes, yeah, sometimes we take the trail or we take the scenic route. That's for sure. It's
0: beautiful out here. <laughs> From the comforts uh, of our home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just chilling. We're not really going anywhere. It would be nice to know, I guess it would be nice to know what's, what's happening behind the scenes. Like, what is the, the thought process, you know? And it seems to me but, as though every state's very different, obviously.
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, when I, when I looked up that LA Times article, as far as the California reopen phases... Um, It was. It made it clear that right now California does not have a timeline.
0: Well, I know. In other words, yeah. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, from from moving from phase two into phase three, there's right now there's no definite timeline.
0: Yeah. So for for the city of LA as regards to lockdown, I guess you could say, I know that they're pushing it to July. I think yeah, it's official was, to until July. That was recent, right? Yeah, or June, at the end of June or something like that. And, mm-hmm. of, of course, it's just it's bonkers to think that you would continue pushing it that far. Yeah. I, I mean, there's obviously a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, information out that says, you know, this is not the same as the flu. It's a little bit worse, and the infection rate is higher. And, of course, people are not feeling comfortable with, being around others and their fear of spreading it to their loved ones and whatnot. But at some point, I mean, do you just allow fear to cripple you? Because
1: dictate, dictate all the decisions.
0: Yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. Are you going to make decisions based off of fear and, and safety? Uh, I was listening to Rube, Dave Rubin and the, the guy who's on Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe. Oh, he's he's excellent, right? He has a great uh, speaking voice. Oh yeah, he's all, he's got oh the voice. So he said that yeah. he says that anytime you, in a company or what have you, anytime you allow safety to be the precedent as regards to the environment and the way people act out in the world, you're always going to um, shelter people. Essentially, I think I'm getting his his um. His argument wrong but it it doesn't what do you say he says something about like studies show that when you a biker puts on a helmet um they make turns a little bit more aggressively or if you have a seatbelt on you drive faster
2: mm-hmm. so
0: it's like the more safety you put on around people the more uh, riskier they they are going to act so the more riskier you act out the less, or the more risk that's out there, the less risk taking you will take. I guess you will act out. That's really confusing. I know. Help me out here, Lee. I feel like I'm jumbling my words. So it's
1: uh, well, I can see, I could see that it's twofold. So for example, um, the whole issue with uh, NFL players and college football players with uh, CTE, mm-hmm. the whole idea behind um, cause and effect would be how. Players have this false sense of security with their helmets, believing that they can crash head on or head first into their opponent, thinking, oh, nothing's gonna happen to I me, mean, nothing bad's gonna happen to me. Where in reality, uh, because of the laws of physics, because of how our brains are and our schools are um, fashioned, there really is no protection when it comes to your brain crashing into your skull mm-hmm. at a high, high rate of, of speed and force. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's disastrous results, and so um, I know that's been part of the argument for football players no longer wearing helmets because they look at rugby as a counterpoint, and they say, "Well, rugby players they do get injured, but as far as head trauma, it's not as severe. It's not as severe. It's not as bad." But I mean, that makes sense. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying about people wearing helmets, people who who have built on that yeah in some cases that would make sense that people would be more more risky they would be um, they would act out in more risky behavior and others would be more more at risk i guess or
0: more i guess the way to say hesitant
1: it, hesitant to take risks
0: yeah i think it's uh, the the way we say it is that when when facing the, the potential for uh, adverse effects of risk, the person will self uh, impose certain restrictions or safety precautions versus those being imposed on you that would then allow you to take um, greater risks because you know you have an extra layer of protection. Yeah. has the opposite effect of what you're trying to accomplish
2: you think that comes with that comes with
1: ignorance or lack of understanding with this is what this helmet's designed for this is what it can and cannot do rather than you know oh just put this on and you'll be fine Cause that's how I. That's kind of how I feel about the masks a little bit, because again, we get like differ. Um, we get conflicting stories, right? We get stories of like, oh no, the N95 is only gonna stop, you know, ninety five percent of of particles or micro or microbes, and and that's even if you know you you uh, you are wearing the mask properly or effectively. Versus, oh yeah, you're, some people are saying, you're, if you can't uh, find a mask or a surgical mask, you can still use a bandana or Perfect. some kind of covering. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's really conflicting because it's like, well, which is which? And I think, I don't know, I think the, they say the, the surgical masks kind of keeps you, keeps your germs or your potential virus particles in. That, that that's the most effective to not spread it versus the n95 is, it kind of keeps you insulated a little bit more i don't know that's
0: at least that's what, that's yeah, what i have yeah that's i think that that is true i think that's right
1: but then like i said you still have other people that are like oh no it doesn't work because you know you're not sealing it right or, or um you not clean and like even if you wear it and you take it off You're you don't know how to take it off, you can get yourself infected just by touching your straps or your mask. So it's like I don't know, part of me is like, Well then why bother? (laughs) Right? If you're gonna Uh, get it. Yeah.
0: I think it's one of those one of those areas where it's like the same thing when it comes to ideas that we we don't agree with or that are scary, Mm -hmm. right? The same way that we want to expose ourselves to um things that we're not aware of is what's going to be able to better inform us to be uh, stronger and better thinkers at the, in the long run to be more informed. So the same way that germs are able to expose our bodies to um, unknowns or a newer uh, diseases or newer germs that helps our body to be stronger and more informed about how to interact with the world. It's no different to me. Right. Because the, the idea could be as infectious and that's what they say, you know, ideas spread and they can, there, there are bad ideas and there are good ideas. So how do you, how do you, um, oh, uh, what is it, how do you solve or fix bad ideas? You, or how do you, how is it, you, um, you expose bad ideas to good ideas or with better ideas or I forget exactly how it is. So you want to expose those to the light, as they say, right? You want to expose bad ideas to the light so that, you know, in, in the, um, what is it called? In the battlefield of ideas, you want to exchange that as best as possible so that what comes out of it is the best ideas, essentially. I know I botched that again. I keep botching it.
1: No, it's a, no I, I get you. Uh, so with with that idea in mind, then... Can we substitute what you just said with truth will expose fear and it will, it will reveal if there's anything in there that is right or trustworthy. Because from the, the, you said the standpoint from fear, the standpoint of fear and safety. So I'm like, nothing good can come from that because if that's oh. your go mm-hmm. ahead no no go ahead go ahead i got it because if that's your standpoint let's say let's say um i think of like world war 2 and i think of the blitzkrieg and and london getting bombarded or england or the uk getting bombarded by by the the nazi um air defense or the nazi forces if their position, if the, if the Brits position was always concerned with fear and safety, that's the standpoint of how they were going to react to, to the Nazis, you know, full flight or, flight or fight, then they would have never gone out of that position. They would have never gone out of those the, that horrific experience or the horrific time in their life. You know, they would have probably still been under under Nazi um, occupation or some other form of, you know, of an oppressive government.
0: Right now, <clears throat> what that made me think about is when the truth is, ex- when, when you're exposed to the truth, I forget where it says, in, where in scripture specifically, but it's, it says it's something like this, that they um, hide from that, from that light, from that truth and they and they go into darkness further to be able to shield themselves from that truth and light mm. and so uh, you remember where that is in scripture let me
1: look it up so that just kind of what brought what brought to mind was uh almost like the what's it called the head in the sand hmm
0: the ostrich
1: syndrome yeah
0: which is not real, right? <laughs> but it's it goes it goes to say that when we were exposed to a new virus, let's say the truth and the light, what what we were told immediately to do was go home, stay in home, in let's say the darkness, the the lies, if you will. So then, the more that we shed our we we hid ourselves or shielded ourselves from that, the lies and, and deception was able to be spread because we were all in the dark. We were all uninformed. Instead of being out amongst one another, exposing ourselves to the disease or the, the truth, there was no way of really knowing what's happening. I know it's a weird analogy, but I think about it as in whatever happens in the dark in the is going to be lies and, and mis... Um, misinformation or mis—it's um, lies and deception basically is always going to happen in the dark absent of light right it's, it's, yeah that's it's, the it's, only that's the only right environment for that to happen for that to be spread which in turn creates that fear and anxiety that a lot of us are feeling because we don't know what to do when we're at home knowing that whatever's happening outside of our home Poses a danger to our health and the health of
2: our loved ones.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, because
1: yeah, that that I mean, that takes a different takes a different like course of thought as far as if I'm always afraid of exposing my family
2: to sickness or to to to
3: the.
1: Yeah, that's that one's you're making me think here, Gabriel. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because it's I just realized like, yeah, like it reminds me of a uh, I mean, I'm, I know we've talked about it before, but it reminds me of finding Nemo, right? Mm-hmm. That Marlin, he couldn't fathom with the idea, he couldn't play with the idea of allowing Nemo to go to school, allowing Nemo to play, and
0: it totally. He had a pre-existing condition.
1: Yeah, it totally. Uh, <laughs> it totally like suspended his life for a time being. You know, he couldn't. They couldn't even live normally because of his fear. Mm-hmm.
0: It was it was Nemo's courage that helped him overcome his disability, whereas Marlon's fear crippled him. To a point of he was not able to function normally, even though he had normal fins. Whoa! I know we always go deep into Nemo, but come on. Yeah, right. It. He didn't.
1: He didn't have yeah. normal fins.
0: So then, it's not that we become uh, less fearful; is that we become braver and stronger, right? So then, this made me think about the death and resurrection of jesus and then that to me connected with the scripture that says the light could not comprehend it or distinguish it or extinguish the light so you could say that the the light the truth jesus being incarnate was buried or the darkness tried to overwhelm it but it couldn't and so it was still able to come out of the darkness which is what we see in genesis that god spoke light out of pulled light out of the darkness literally from the beginning the same way that jesus did that with the resurrection
2: god did that in the resurrection
3: Hmm.
2: does that make sense
1: yeah it does definitely i mean It's just, it's just bringing to mind like the other word pictures or what have you that's bringing in me to mind is how how it says that we're yeah, like how it says we're more than more than conquerors it says um, do not overcome do not overcome do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good that makes sense? Right. like yeah like we're not going to we're not going to get through or bypass darkness or get through it. I should say rather with more darkness, with more, I just think of it like more ignorance, more, um, more lies, more deception, more. Yeah. sin, darkness. There's no way to like, that's not going to cancel it out. It's kind of like the conversations we've been having as of late about how the ideas that Martin Luther King Jr. rejected, right, and one of them being, we can't use racism to combat racism because mm-hmm. it just we're just digging that hole even deeper. I don't, I don't know if that <laughs> well. That goes in line you with say Barack it as Jr.
0: you could even say it as M.L.K. was trying to dig ourselves out of the hole of racism,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and other people were trying to dig a hole. The with with the opposite effect of putting those people in that hole of racism, as they were digging themselves out, they were burying others, if you will, with that same racism. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like they weren't to take your analogy, you know, to that next step, you know. <laughs> so like that's yeah, a like, way of putting
1: it. Like you're saying, like, um, right? The idea behind Martin Luther King Jr. was to rise up out of it, overcome it, and then. Uh, cover the cover the hole, right? Cover it with love. Cover it with truth. Cover it with understanding. And then the other side, yeah, you're totally right. The other side was like, no, 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 this hole can't go away. It needs to be
0: replaced. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it needs uh, to be filled. Yeah, with some with somebody else.
1: Somebody else. We need to replace it, right?
0: It was. It's. It's um, hate. begetting Be getting hate. Rather, MLK said for love to, con- uh, to cover a multitude of sin, he was abiding by that truth. He was going to use love to, to overcome and cover sin the same way that we've been told to do so in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah.
1: That guy totally um, He hit on a lot of profound conclusions in his life.
0: And it makes sense why he's remembered to this day for what he did and was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish over, like, an uh, a Malcolm X. It's not the same. Right. Malcolm X used violence and aggression, and he used that. He bided by the hate begets hate, so here's your here's your hole to dig yourself out of. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Like, were, were they both imperfect absolutely aren't we all man aren't we all
1: i mean to to be fair to to malcolm x i mean i need to look more into it but i came to the understanding that towards the end of his life he was actually becoming a little bit more clear-headed with his ideas He's trying to reconcile yeah, what what he was previously um behind or what he was previously endorsing and I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I had less. I had heard that. I guess it was people within his own group or former groups that he was associated with that actually were behind his assassination too. or they they had something to do with it. At one Possible. point he, yeah. um, he angered the wrong
0: person. Well, he definitely lived an interesting life. I, I read his, uh, autobiography. I forget who wrote it. Um, a very interesting life and i think yeah at the end he kind of like stumbled over some of his in-group people but i forget exactly yeah how it went down was not the same crazy
1: Yeah, no it's not it's crazy though like it's like that's a that's kind of the whole that's the beauty behind the whole idea of of thoughts and um I mean, you know it a lot more. You're a lot more versed in that. But as far as philosophy is concerned, where you can like
0: come to a conclusion,
1: and then you're you're exposed to a different idea or a different thought process, and you know that might lead you down a different path or a different conclusion, and then that you know might stir something else up. And yeah, that's
0: you just explained how my mind works.
1: That's interesting. <laughs>
0: That is literally, literally what my mind does all the time. And it never stops. Stop. Like, I can't put my hand up and be like, stop, you know? Yeah. Actually, speaking of philosophy, the other day, I think sometime last week, maybe like a Wednesday or Thursday, I woke up and I distinctly, as clear as day, heard a, f- a feminine voice, like a female voice, asked me two questions. Why did you study philosophy? And why are you always inside? And so later on in the morning, I asked Monica, did you ask me a question in the morning? She's like, no. But it was distinctly, like, I could hear clearly. Why do you study philosophy? And why are you always inside? And ever since that, I was like, I don't know. that Those are really good questions. But I don't know. That's never really happened like that. You know, where I'm waking up, you know, kind of like, either I was like half asleep, half awake kind of place in my mind, you know. It was really interesting. Hmm. But yeah, when you said philosophy, that's what it reminded me of. Poof, Trip out, eh?
1: Hey, it's not a it's not a bad question to, to answer.
0: It's not. It's not at all. Um, Maybe I should spend more time trying to answer it. Or be... I think what I'm thinking more so is like being open to knowing what, the, what those answers are.
1: What they could be potentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one way to look at it for sure. Versus trying to like force it, you know, force that answer, trying to think about it, you know, put uh, my but, full... Yeah, but then you have to kind of
1: get in this, get into the to the right the right mindset or the right mentality and define for you anyway what does philosophy mean and how is it um, materialized or how how does this become tangible in my life and then what does it mean to be inside versus being outside what is out what is the outside what is the inside what may, what is it what are the boundaries of the inside mm.
3: Hmm.
0: it's kind of like that's interesting yeah cuz there, there if you're inside then what is outside of that if you will and how how do you set those boundaries to determine What's inside versus outside? Can you expand what is inside to include what is outside of those boundaries? Huh. Good. Very Good. meta. Yeah, very meta. Very meta. Now you're making me think, Lee. How could you do that to me? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> right away. Right to we don't. We
1: don't like doing that on the crossroads.
0: No, we don't like to do that. That's the opposite of what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to have. We're here to, <laughs> we're
1: here to misinterpret, misinform, mis
0: misguide, yeah. and bury the truth as much as we can. Oh, that's interesting.
1: oh, dude, dude. Speaking of like oh my goodness, I probably I don't know why I didn't send it to you or I didn't bring it up today, but did you finish the the Tim Pool interview with Joe? Okay. Do you remember the part where he was like where he was basically talking about CNN and how they ran with it with with Elon, uh, the story on Elon Musk and how he didn't meet his end of the deal and that he hadn't delivered the ventilators to the California hospitals oh, yeah. ever, I don't know how many and that like he he uh he tweeted you know the receipt, or he he tweeted their messages and their confirmation, right, of that they had received the ventilators, and then like I guess somebody on, on their CNN staff got you know they looked into it, and then
0: they looked into it, like uh, they looked into it, and they
1: <laughs> the cholo's at CNN got got into looked into it. <laughs> no, but they I think it was the very next day. Tim Tim Poole says that they didn't backtrack or they didn't, um, wow. They actually defended their tweet and they said, just to clarify, we were we didn't make a mistake because the ventilators that we were referring to were invasive ventilators. So they're, you know, the ones that you have to, um, basically, you know, they put the tube down their throat, down their esophagus and into the lungs and what have you. And I guess the ones that Elon had delivered were non invasive ventilators and so they were like on a technicality we were right and, yeah. and we weren't spreading misinformation it's like mm. that's really that's really what it's come down to right mincing words yeah it's it's definitely like news for profit
0: at the end of the day that's what, that's what journalism it's like.
1: journalism for profit and uh ah, that that Tim Pool guy he he broke it down pretty pretty well as far as like why independent journalism is it's essentially stuffed out and why why or how the big corporation big corporate media corporate news how they went out and it's all sad but it it all boils down to dollars and cents and who has more money more pool, yeah, more yeah. access to
0: you know I was thinking about that, actually. Um, Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P, have like eight different podcasts between the two of them with like Dr. Drew and uh, Bert Kreischer. And I just thought about how they're becoming very successful with them. And that's great. But I almost wonder if it's getting to a point where it's like a little bit more corporate where it's not necessarily like this underground thing that they're doing. You know, it's like a little bit more mainstream in that way.
1: Because now they have corporate sponsors. They have, yeah, I guess, right. It gets, when something gets too big, it can't stand on its own legs. And so it needs something to support it or something to like, keep it level keep it steady but then that means they're compromising their missions you know it could be their mission statement it could be their cause it could be you know their institutional integrity so to speak
0: now i don't know how true it is in terms of like them changing how they operate or think or any of that Mm. but my claim always with with these with these this group of comedians was that they were very much um you know, they had their feet firmly on the ground. They weren't, you know, full of themselves, full of themselves, very much, you know, self-deprecating. Um, don't take themselves too seriously. And I don't think they they changed that at all. But I would say this is more coming from like a fear that they could change their ways in a in a sense to like meet those demands because you know maybe the money's good and. I think it's just hard because, like, if you need to to make a living, like, of course, like, you need to figure out how to bring in money. And I think about a lot of these YouTubers and content creators and, you know, they're always trying to push out, you know, content, essentially, like, no difference between podcasts or videos or images. And they're always trying to find a way to, like, bring in more eyes. Like, that's the point. Like we joked last time about advertisers, they need how many thousand, a hundred thousand. You know, you need a hundred thousand consecutively. Now, I think that's a great number. That's not overwhelming, an overwhelming number. But, like, how do you limit that though? That's the thing. In the same way, like, the same way we would have the conversation around, like, how do we limit governments? Um, infringement on our rights is the same way that we would ask, how do we limit the advertisers or, you know, corporate greed, you know, how, you know, Brett and Eric talk about it, rent sinking greed from contaminating, if you will, our our material or content, our ideas, because it very much does influence you. I know this is a long, kind of long-winded thought, but it just—it's been kind of in my mind a little bit recently, because you know, it's—it's it's, it's a conversation that's being had in different ways. You know, these the billionaires and the one yeah. percent and corporate corporatism and consumer—we're um, a consumer society. So how do we fight against that? That's the question.
1: Well, the one example that did come to mind with uh, you're saying about being corporately backed or, or having corporate money would be Dave Chappelle yeah. and how he gave up, uh, I think it was like a three year contract, 50 million dollars at the time. So for him sounds like for, for, yeah, for Dave, it conflicted too much with what he was about and what he wanted to do, because I think Joe, Joe Rogan might've broken it down. The way he broke it down was that he didn't want to compromise his content. In other words, Comedy Central was like, look, we can make you more money through advertisements, through sponsors, if you tone it down a bit and don't, don't say the n-word. Don't say this word. Don't cover this topic, you know, make it more inclusive, so to speak. And Dave was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. I, I want to do it. Like, you, like you're saying, he wants, he wanted to do it in a way that wasn't going to compromise his creativity. He wasn't going to compromise his voice. I yeah. think with, um, with like, like you're saying, these other comedians, I think.
0: I think they're going to they come have, up to that. that they, point. Have a lim- they have to realize where they draw the line, yeah. what's
1: their limits and where are they willing to go with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Now I would give them credit in that. Uh, I know McDonald's uh, pulled their, their sponsorship of their podcast because of the content that they have. And, you know, they gave that money back. So, you know, it's not like they've they've passed that threshold at this point, but I think Dave Chappelle's yeah, that's a great example of he's he set a boundary of here's where I here here's where my values and you know my personal dignity this is where it is this is where it ends if it goes past this point in terms of like you know dollars and cents then I know I need to step away as as hard as that is right it's it's the same story that we see in scripture with the um, that rich young person that Jesus says to like sell everything you own and follow me and he says, uh, maybe not. Maybe I won't go that far. I won't give up my right monetary Because he Right. He
1: he wanted credit for the things that he was in his eyes already abiding by or he had already accomplished. It was virtuo something. You know?
0: yeah it was a sense of
1: virtual virtual signaling and i think ultimately what i can think too is that it comes down to personal responsibility it's understanding that we have a limit to our like you're saying to our thirst for knowledge our 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 hunger for power for greed for money i think it's understanding that for all of us um we all have a price right like a dollar sign figure that would you do this for x amount of money like we all have that like i don't know could i you know could i do that i don't know and i think it's i think once we come to that understanding of our limits of limitations and and we we can acknowledge that can acknowledge how power corrupts but absolute you know that's the that same power corrupts but absolute power corrupts absolutely absolutely um because i think of like uh another example it might not be a good example but i think of like um nancy pelosi and how i think she's been there for 30 years as a congresswoman and she's 80 years old yeah. i mean you could say the, you could say the same thing for joe biden yeah you know where it's like when is when is enough enough like how many years do you need to keep doing this in order for you to you know to the point where you're no longer effective to the point where it's like well what's really what's really keeping you involved still what's keeping you you know from retiring so to speak
0: and then the counter example to a Pelosi or a Schumer or you name it right would be literally George Washington because when you were you were talking about you know they've been in politics for 25 plus years Joe Biden you know there's the argument to be made that there should be term limits to congressmen and you know Senators and all that.
1: Essentially, every political office, every appointed duty, there should be some limit, right?
0: Now, the argument I would say against that would be George Washington again, because he self-imposed that limit, versus it being imposed on him. Mm -hmm. He voluntarily decided, "I'm going to walk away from this because I understand that if I, you know, get a little taste of the glory, that I'm not going to want to let go of the reins."
1: I was going to say, isn't that a Greek saying, an ancient Greek saying that the person that's most qualified for office is the person
0: that doesn't want it?
1: So I know that's something I'm botching it, but is there something to that, that makes sense Does, okay
0: now this on that same line isn't there a scripture that says that God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called or something like that? We'll
1: have to look into
0: it. <laughs> Okay, Eddie Bravo's in the house <laughs> looking into that, it.
1: Hey, we, we had to talk about Greek philosophy. I just gave you some, some
0: Chicano philosophy, eh? Some Chicano philosophy. That's right. Oh, man, that's good. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, it's always the person that's, that, that's least willing to do what is asked of that. Not willing, less willing to do, but hesitant to be pushed into a position of leadership, if you will power and mm-hmm. that that's okay so uh, um have you seen the new the new um what is that mermaid merman movie with that hot sexy guy with the long hair and the tattoos
1: aquaman
0: aquaman exactly aquaman. that's the way to put it yeah yeah uh, long-haired sexy dude or yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: with
3: yeah. tattoos
0: yeah, you know who I was talking about exactly. You didn't even need to know the name.
1: No, it's funny because um I have a I have a friend named Luis. And he's hot and looks, sexy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you asked him, you probably say yeah. He'd probably be like, Yeah, man. No, but he has that look. Like he's Mexican, but he looks like Oh, he has he like long be, hair and all that. He has a long curly hair. Uh, he looks like he could be like Pacific Islander. And like I guess him and his wife are telling me that when they went to Hawaii, people were like are you Jason Momoa's cousin? Like, <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. But
1: anyway. <laughs>
0: so, so yeah, so that movie, in that movie, the scene, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the rails now. Um, he was, it was the um, scene where he was under in that one little part to get like the, the, the sword or the, the trident. Mm-hmm. He had to go in and face that snake or that eel thing, whatever it was. He had to face the final boss. The final boss, exactly. Yeah, level ten, right? So he was there, and he and the and the thing asked him like, "Are you scared?" Or something like that, right? Or do you think do you think you're qualified or are you are you afraid? And he said, right. "Yes, I am afraid, absolutely." And he said, "Perfect, then you're ready." Mm. And then boom, he went straight down to the last level, yeah, to the boss. So that's <laughs> that's exactly what it is, right? It's like It's like like a good type of fear.
2: Well, it's it's, a, I mean, fear is one way to
1: put it, but it's essentially a, a, it's a respect or it's a.
0: Okay. Okay. Think. Okay. Now sit on that, right? It's a type of respect. Now, when I say it's a good type of fear, what I'm saying is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom
1: right because what that's indicating is that you the idea behind that is that it's not necessarily like fear as in terror it's fear as in yeah right it's in in respect of or an understanding of one's boundaries Mm -hmm. so the fear of the lord could be translated as you respect and you honor god's boundaries and his his law his, his decrees um
0: goodness mercy and all
1: that with an understand with an understanding that this is for your benefit this isn't to harm you this isn't to to limit your capacity for life or for freedom but essentially within these boundaries you're actually avoiding a lot of heartache you're avoiding a lot of like we were saying like confusion misunderstanding um it's going to what's up that's ever something you nope going to lead us into all truth it's going to allow us to live life and to live life more abundantly at least for me that's what that's what comes to mind behind that behind that thought
0: yeah the what made me what what helped me understand that point was that one um video you sent me about the living waters youtube channel i think it is because he had asked you know why why do people put on a parachute when they when they jump from a plane and he said in that same way um like i think his analogy or his point with that was that people um put on the full armor of god or like put on jesus christ or bring in jesus christ to their life because they want to live right i think that was his point and i to me like that made sense because because we want to live versus die then um now I'm losing myself here in this thought ay 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 it's okay the point is that we want to live that's the point
1: wait wait wait, wait. we want to live because that's that's making me think of covid-19
2: okay i'm listening so
1: What I'm getting is... Oh,
0: okay, okay. The right type of fear, right? So that, that fear, sorry, that fear motivates you to put on a parachute because you don't want to die, you want to live, right? That's the right motivation, the right motivating type of fear that he was talking about. Because then when you fear the Lord, is because you want to live. Yes. So you outside wanna live, of... You want to live it. in
1: truth, you want to yeah. live in...
0: yeah. Under God's dominion, under God's reign, right? So, so then,
2: oh, now I lost it
0: again. <laughs> oh, I had it. What are you saying right now? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Okay, great. Now I got it. it's, back. it's back. Okay, so I heard a story from A-Y. your... T- <laughs> So this guy told a story. He created um, a skateboarding brand. I forget which one. It's over here in Costa Mesa. One of them. Pick one. But the guy created it. He was the one that was a skateboarding thing. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Costa Mesa Irvine skateboarding brand. Vans? It's like Vans or something like that or um, one of those, right? So he created it, right? He's the guy who who, who created it and now they sponsor all kinds of athlete, athletes around the world, right? And so his, his analogy, which is very similar to what Peterson says about like creating an ideal, creating a heaven to, to strive towards and a hell or a, a, a non-ideal to run away from, right? Mm. So um, his, his analogy was that he's in a race and he's, he finds himself like kind of in, in the lead and he's, he's fearful of like going back to his past. So he's going to keep running forward no matter what happens. Because every day he feared that he could um, lose it all. But he decided still, no matter what, I'm going to go in day in and day out and put in the work. So it's the same concept, right? We want to strive towards an ideal. That's the right type of motivation, the right type of fear, motivating, desire to strive for what is ahead of you. And then your, your past and your, um, the hell that you're running away from is, I guess you could say, the wrong type of, or you could say that's the right type of fear. Whereas, like, God is, God is the, the, the hope that pulls you forward. Like, you're running away from your fear in the hope with God. Okay, maybe I'm messing so, up this analogy, but.
1: No, it's not. You're not. You're not. So, like, another way to look at it is in the eyes of God or in the life of God. Somebody that, like you're saying, is walking in, in truth, trying to, or striving for it. Fear becomes a motivator. Fear doesn't become a debilitator, if I can use that.): word. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But like agree, yeah. in essence, in in the fear is supposed to push you forward. It's supposed to yes, not, yes. not dry, draw you in and, and debilitate you. Or to even disable you, right? Paralysis, but it's actually supposed to. What's the, what's the word or the catchphrase I'm looking for? The colloquialism, light of fire under your feet. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one, I guess, one way to put it. Um, right, because that's isn't that like one of the definitions of courage that courage isn't a lack of fear but courage is the ability to act precisely in spite of fear
0: yes that is right that is it
1: yeah so you can look at it that way that for, that a, the fear element is supposed to encourage us to courage i don't know, i can't believe i said that but, <laughs> but
0: it's
1: not you heard, you heard it here folks but it's not yeah it's not there to it's not there for our detriment it's kind of like when right in our in bible study we've been talking about anger and how anger is not there to it's again it's not there to debilitate us it's not there to light the flame of hate light the flame of of murder Um, but in essence anger you know you know it's an emotion It's it's an emotion that at least from my understanding it's part of the reflection of being created in god's image hmm. that god also fears or excuse me god also feels anger and that we can see that we played out with jesus as well and that this this anger it brought on it brought on thoughts new ideas new circumstances, you know depending on the circumstances but that's why the bible says in your anger do not sin in other words, like, you can allow that anger to be there because it is there. there. There's no, there's really no denying it. You know, anger is not something that we have to overlook. It shouldn't be something we overlook. It shouldn't be something that, that we, I don't know if, I don't know if this is the right way to put it. It's not something that we should despise even. It's something that when it does creep up, you know. Like the way God talked to Cain, He, he let him know that you know, anger is at uh, was it not anger? Was it sin is at your door, crouching mm-hmm. at your door? And yeah, I mean it's in there in Isaiah too. Come, let us reason together. Like God was God was saying to to Israel. I don't, sorry, I don't know. I, I don't know why I turned that into anger, but because that's something that we've been talking about as of late, but
2: yeah, I guess these, what would look like a negative
1: emotion is actually there to, it could actually inspire us. It could actually, like I said, make us think if we're, if we allow God's spirit to, to motivate us, to influence us, to guide us, to bring us into that, right? It says, bring us into all,
2: all truth and all understanding, so to speak.
1: So, anyway, because I know that's always, like like we're learning in, in Bible study, that's always playing out in our hearts and our minds. Uh-huh. Fear, anger. Um, that's definitely, uh, something that's that I've experienced lately or something that's come to mind lately with the idea of interacting with strongholds and that we can potentially all have them, you know, we all have them, you know, that's why it's, it's like when you interact with somebody and right away you're like, something's off. Like this person is a little bit agitated or they're angry or they're approaching me with, you know, you know, it almost makes you self, self-analyze. Like, is there something I said? Is there something I did to to make them angry or to bring that out of them? You know, right? And sometimes it's it's not a me problem; it's a you problem. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. But in any case, because um, we have scripture, we we have the scriptures. We we understand that when we interact with people because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Hmm. So we're, we're interacting with these emotions, with these thoughts that they're, they're not, they're not always true. They're not always real. I mean, well, they feel real, right? They're, they're the person they're in the thoughts. It's part of what perhaps motivates them at the time, but you know, it's kind of like, Right, it's kind of like you seeing road rage on the freeway. You see, like somebody cuts someone off. And the person behind them was having a bad day, and then instead of letting it, you know, roll off their back, they might flip them the bird, or they might honk or honk excessively, or whatever. Like that's, I mean, people get into fights for the dumbest things. That's for sure, all the yeah. time, right away. Uh, I just i know i'm sorry i know i got on a tangent there a little bit but that at least it's what that's what came to mind with yeah i think fear anger all these negative emotions well one might seem negative they're there to motivate us they're not there to destroy us they can they can obviously yeah, i mean but that's that's with any emotion that's with any thought or idea that goes off the rails like this conversation does sometimes
0: But we use we allow it to motivate us to get back on track,
1: right? Because that's I think that's that's part of the rub too. Is that are we looking at this through the eyes through the lens of truth, through the lens of love, through the lens of God's God's word? Um, What is it? Love covers a multitude of sins, Hmm. or um, peace that surpasses all understanding. That's another one too, that another benefit or another fruit of, of having the, the spirit of God in us. Um, anyways, I don't know. I don't know your thoughts. I think I've said,
0: I think I've said enough on that. So <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. I, you were on a roll, man. <laughs> go ahead. It's, 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 uh, it's how to... It's what I think what Peterson says, Jordan Peterson says about um, that the, the humble will inherit, the meek will shall inherit the world. And he, he goes into this discussion about how meekness is this, is this equivalent to having the, your sword, your sword sheathed and knowing how to use it, but keeping it sheathed under control. I think it's that same idea. That to be meek is to say right. that I have the ability to have anger, but I have it under control and I use it for, for good in a sense, if you will, I guess you could say it that way.
1: Right. If, in other words, if you can work your way out of a problem without resorting to that, that type of violence or that type of power, then you've, you it's kind of like that verse right that says if you meet with your brother who offends you and you have won him over right by reconciliation like you've gained a friend mm-hmm. back instead of keeping it on terms with an enemy or regarding him as an enemy
0: or no longer a brother
1: you've actually you've actually won him back
0: yeah that's a good point it's to allow that anger, that that um, hurt to drive you to your brother to say, this is how I'm feeling. Because we need to be able to answer the question, why
2: are you angry? It's definitely part of
1: um, the Star
2: Wars lure.
1: <laughs> yeah, there people you that, go. People that know Star Wars understand that at some point Obi-Wan there was no turning back for Anakin for Darth Vader and Obi there was no recourse for Obi-Wan he couldn't reason with him anymore he was he was so lost to the dark side at that point on Mustafar when he when he went to go see him that he had no choice but to enact the way he the way he had to but even then i mean it's i'm so at odds with Star Wars, because then his son helps him with redemption, but then you know uh spoiler alert, then episode nine changed all that with yes, a different storyline <laughs> yeah, yeah, they went off the yeah. rails this whole episode right to, right away, off the rails. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. That's what happens with uh, with with bad creativity.
1: That's Or that's what happens when we take a... Was it a two-week break? Three-week break? I don't even know anymore. I lost count. I lost track.
0: What do you mean? Oh, for us? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That thing goes around two weeks. We definitely yeah. get off the rails on that. It's not easy. It's just not that easy. No, and but I mean... make it work
3: yeah
0: i mean the social distancing doesn't help and then every day feels like the same day and it's um you know we don't have a designated place that we can just go to so i mean we do in a sense but not like something we can call our own in a way yeah it's it's a shared space so
1: availability i mean like this like i said this whole phase 1 phase 2 phase 3 thing is confusing and then you know that this is the state's mandates and then it's like oh but LA county and and uh, Alameda county they're a lot more strict right now they're even more strict than the state mandates so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's a little confusing
0: that's um the beauty of it i guess you could say the twisted beauty yeah Yes. Well, Lee, I think we should uh, wrap this one up in a nice bow and gift it to everyone out there.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. This was fun.
0: Yeah. It turned out a little bit different than I was thinking, but I thought we were going to get into the,
1: the book. Hey, should we start doing that? I'm thinking a, a book review.
0: Mm, I like that. Maybe, that's maybe not, and just like highlight point.
1: highlight some of the more interesting ideas points. Yeah, them.
0: pull the good out of it, the truth out of it, as best as we see. Because you know what, out. I
1: actually wanted to do that with some of my friends with the uh, the Communist Manifesto. Oof, and get really like into well why does Karl Marx believe this and why does you know where can we see this take place how did this come to fruition
0: hey whatever happened to you well actually let's sign off I have a question about uh, another friend of yours I don't know if it's the same one all right good night everybody we'll see
2: ya